welcome back to Consuming the Craft Podcast. This is Puff. Uh, I'm here with Kaylee McCulley. I want to make sure I pronounce her name right because yep. uh, there's a lot of vowels in that first name. Yeah, I know. It mixes people up a lot. <laughs> no, so. I bet you get mail that is never right. Yeah, all the time. Yes. I, I mean, 100% of the time. Yeah. I, um, that being said... You have you're in the industry. Yeah, you are a co-founder of Outside Brewing. Outsider mm-hmm. Brewing, excuse mm-hmm. me. But yeah. before we get to that, mm-hmm. we're both from UC Davis. Yes, mm-hmm. you went through their sensory program down there, from I what did. I understand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's. Well, first of all, how did you get into the industry? Like, mm-hmm. it seemed uh, kind of a, a a wide like birth to get back into something after doing uh, as many things as you've already done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I actually got into the industry right out of college. Okay. Um, I went to school for international business in German, and of course, haven't done that much with it. Are, are you as fluent many people in German? Um, Einbischen, um, kind of lost a lot of it over the years. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. Like you use it or lose it. It was yeah, just one of yeah, those things. Yeah. Yeah. Did you used to speak German? Or? Nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, you got one word down. <laughs> no, so yeah. no, I have a. I do a fake German accent in my uh, class to gotcha. keep to like. Yeah. Yeah. So Catch attention. Are, yeah. No. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's one of those things. Seems too. like you know what you're talking about. German beer, all that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah. So. No. And it, 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 um, but the thing is, is like even some of the equipment we get, mm-hmm. sometimes the instructions are in German. Oh yeah. And so it's like now I know somebody that yeah. can translator. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. I like, might butcher it completely, but you know, <laughs> which is fine because yeah. it's always. So we we uh, we have a book um, that we use in our classes. Mm-hmm. It is it is from the German Institute, but then it's translated into English. Yeah. And it's so dry. Yeah, I can imagine. Like the translation is just, it's very, very technical. Yep. It is, I was just talking to another student this morning about it. It's super dry. Yep. But yep. it's just packed mm-hmm. full of information. Yep. So that yeah. sounds like Germans. Very 100%. straightforward, but will not joke with you at all. So, <laughs> so you graduated, you got into beer right away. Yes. Yeah. So um, I bring that up honestly, um, because I actually got to study in Germany um, for part of my degree. Is that where the um, love of beer started? Yes. Okay. So yeah, before that, um, I was 20 when I went to Germany and I had basically only drank like Bud Light, you know, and like Mike's Hard Lemonade. hundred percent. That's where everyone, everyone starts somewhere. Yeah, exactly. For locals. Oh, that fun stuff. Um, But yeah, and I went to Germany and that was the first time I got to experience like pub culture there Mm -hmm. and I got to try actually good beers and I was like, wow, this is what true beer tastes like. This is really cool. And I really loved it. And that's when I discovered I actually liked beer. Uh Um, And so I I came back to the States, turned 21, and that was kind of around the time that craft beer was really starting to take off. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw a lot of craft breweries opening, um, and the town where I went to college, a lot of them were starting to open there. And I was like, well, I'm going to go check them out. Why not? I like beer now. So, you know. And I started actually meeting a lot of the brewery owners and the brewers that worked there. And I was like, wow, this is a group of people that are just really passionate about what they're doing. And I think this is what I want to do after I graduate. Um, but I didn't have a brewing background. So I was like, how do I get into this? What sure. do I do? Um, started applying, didn't really get anywhere. And then I actually saw the opening for a draft technician at, with a beer distributor. Absolute and I was like, unsung heroes of yeah. the industry. Yep. Yeah. And so, so you went around and cleaned draft lines all over the place. Yep. Yeah, so I was in a van. Um, I lived in Charlotte at the time. So I was just living, or not living in a van, oh my God, driving around in a van during the day. And uh, yeah, just cleaning lines. And um, it was a really cool gig. What um, was just the as far... worst thing you saw? You can even like, don't try to make me vomit. But yeah, it was um, bad. I do have one horror story actually. Okay. So I always tell people, I'm like, I know you can't always like see the kitchens, but there's just like, especially chains. I do not trust chains anymore. I just after that experience, I'm like, nope, nope. 
I've Everyone's seen their like, kitchens. Do you like, like to gamble? Yeah, right. Every time I eat out. <laughs> yep. I mean, it, it's yeah. No, yeah. I've I've heard uh, from a bunch of draft line technicians that like the just the horror stories of the mold and like yeah. the slime and yeah. like the people not taking care of it. Yeah. That's like the point of sale, right? Mm-hmm. If the draft lines are clean, yep. the correlation is more sales. You yep. will sell more draft beer. Yeah. No one wants the gross beer that you're pouring out of your dirty lines. No. Believe me. So no. yeah, if you want a, a horror story, I can tell you one. Yes. I I <laughs> this, this is like my worst one. I'm always okay. like, Oh God. Um, so I, I will not name the restaurant obviously, but, um, it was one restaurant where they called in and they said, hey, our beer isn't pouring. Um, we're opening the tap. It's not pouring. It's, nothing's coming out. We don't know what's happening. We checked the keg. It's full. It's not an empty keg. All the other lines are pouring, so we don't know what's going on. So they called me out there, and I go into the kitchen. I'm looking at the the line, and there there's something in the line. Oh, no, no, no. And this is the place that stored food on top of their kegs without mm. keg toppers. Um, and they would store, like, open containers of roast beef or ground beef like around their kegs and turns out they had i guess beef had fallen on the top of the keg or something they tapped the line and meat actually had been pulled into the line it was clogging the line so <laughs> was it raw meat or cooked meat not that it matters it's just disgusting. it was cooked but it was still disgusting oh and so we had to replace that whole line and everything like that yeah but there's no yeah, way you're gonna get that out of there it was really gross um and because there was like meat like smushed like in the oh in the coupler yeah, 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 in the coupler yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything and i was like guys what are you doing <laughs> like, oh i might have just puked in my mouth yeah i know so it was like a really gross one uh when, uh, when but, we shut this off you have to tell me where it is yeah no yeah, I, you don't have to tell like the people out there but you yep can. yep um that being said <laughs> you went from then a draft technician to a sales rep mm-hmm. at a brewery birdsong yes yes uh and you did that for how long uh year and a half okay so yeah i did on and off premise sales when i was there oh so, wow yeah. so now mm-hmm. you've got that side of the business mm-hmm. then you kind of shifted some gears you mm-hmm. were a sales development coordinator for brewer supply group yeah yeah uh out of atlanta mm-hmm. the bsg and you sold grain and yeah. all the other stuff that they sell i yeah. mean i I, mm-hmm. I don't want to put them in a box that they sell Oh, pretty yeah. much everything for everything. the brewing industry. Yep, yeah. I actually still work there. Um, oh, okay. So that's my full-time job that that's I still do. That's your big kid job. So, yeah, my big kid job. So, yeah, so. so okay, not to, not to, I do want to get to outsider brewing, but um, what what is happening in the world of transportation and logistics and barley that <laughs> folks really need to know about? Because I know the harvest went relatively well last year. Yeah. And the malt that we've been getting has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh it's just a scary time for a lot of folks out there that are either starting a brewery or kind of halfway into that brewery kind of thing. Yeah. And so as a, you know, looking at the future mm-hmm. of malt and, and I don't want to just focus on malt because there's, you guys sell so much other stuff. I mean, we buy the cider base from you we, mm-hmm. we, because we do so many things here, but yeah. um, what's scary? What's good? Mm. Tell, tell everyone out there good news about malt. Mm. Okay. So the good news is as far as uh, supply chain outages, there's not as many anymore. Oh, that's um, good. So I'm sure you're familiar like in 2020 and 21 even like we were out of stock of most products, you it, know. It wasn't and just like, you guys. Everyone was out of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean, it was, it was across the board. People are like trying to find and substitute and it was a mess. Yep, yeah, definitely. And logistics costs or went up because of that too. Well, yeah, you, know, you couldn't get anybody so. to drive a truck. Exactly. Yeah, no, so, it was a mess. Yeah, that was a mess that fortunately has kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, so that's a good part. But prices did raise because of that. Well, and I they've mean, kind of stayed that way, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, so. that's what's going to happen though. Yeah, I yeah. think that people have to just kind of point that towards their bottom line at some point yeah. and just kind of be like exactly. realization is stuff is always going to increase but yeah. to you know 
prices, the beer prices are increasing. I yeah. mean, it, it all mm-hmm. has to kind of reflect of what's happening. Definitely. Um, yeah. You guys, what about the hop harvest? Pretty good so far. Um, the only thing that we've had issues with, um, some of the harvest in the UK mm-hmm. and in Germany, uh, we had some shortages. So okay. um, that's the only thing that's a little scary as far as, you know, planning ahead. If there's any production breweries that are like, oh, I use Magnum in my core beer. See, we've, so been, tell- uh, like- we've been telling students to be like very, very flexible with their hops because yeah. the availability, I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of these are contract out till. 2027. Exactly. It's insane. Yep. yep. Yeah. So I work with um, primarily mid-sized breweries. Mm-hmm. So some people like to contract, others just like to, you know, shop around, buy spot. And I just tell people, if you can plan your contracts, do it, but don't over-contract, obviously, bare minimum, you can always add on yeah, yeah, yeah. or buy spot. But yeah, like you said, just being flexible. There's so many different hops out in the world now, you can usually find a substitute for something. So speaking so. of the hops out in the world, what are some of the new either great grains or, you know, you know, malt varietals or some of the things that you've heard about that are kind of new and exciting, mm-hmm. uh, that you maybe are incorporating at outsider brewing company. Yeah. Um, there's actually Nectron. Have you heard of Nectron? It's from New Zealand. No. Very cool hop. Um, the so, name is cool. Why? I, know. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so BSG works with uh, New Zealand hops limited mm-hmm. and that's one of their newer hops that they released this past year. Um, so really tropical fruit forward, pineapple It's really fragrant um it's an awesome hop I'm that in. people are really excited about no. so yeah and what's big the juicy avi- ipas is yeah we're, we're at, what's the availability on that though i mean when pe- when those new varietals come out people just go nuts for yep. them and then they're like oh we want all of it yeah definitely yeah. um honestly there's a good amount of it right now good so i can't uh, in a year that might change no, no, no. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> right now at least you know because it is still kind of catching on it's sure. relatively new um so of course the people that know about it are now really excited and like let me get some but yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of people that still like you are like wait I've never heard of that. No, that sounds awesome. And, and so, I, I, you know, I can't keep up with all the varietals that are coming out. I can't. Yeah. The one new grain that we heard about this semester was Kernza. Hmm. I don't know if you've heard anything. It's a perennial grass. You plant it once. It grows back every year. It's very similar to wheat. Okay. Um, and we, we made a, uh, a bourbon with a portion of that. And then we made a, a Kernza whiskey. Sweet. So, yeah. So th- there is some like movement in that industry, but yep. now you take all of this knowledge and you've decided to, uh, light money on fire by mm-hmm. co-founding a brewery. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> like, hey, I, I don't need money. Yeah. Let's just put it in the parking lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> put it in the parking lot, light it on fire. Yep, yep. So talk to me about Outsider Brewery. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, where do I begin? So um, the idea of, well, I guess, I mean, are you familiar with what we do at Outsider? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I should start just by saying that we are a brewery, but mm-hmm. we operate a little differently. Um, we actually brew on a transparent brewing system. Which, if for those of you, uh, what's the website they can go look at it right now? Um, outsiderbrewing.beer. You've got to go to it and check it out because it is, it's clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like giant... Uh, Someone, I showed it to someone the other day and I, I don't, it's like, wow, this is like Walter White kind of stuff. They're yeah. like making meth. I was <laughs> I like, no, they're not no, making it's, meth. It's beer. <laughs> it's a 100% beer. It's not meth, but it, yeah. it's the, the, the glassware setup is just so cool. Yeah. Thank you. Where did that idea come from? Um, so my partner, Julian, he's the one that designed it. So I have to give the credit to him. Um, but we kind of came up with this idea together, um, a few years ago. So he's been a brewer for a few years. Um, I, of course, haven't been a brewer, been more on the sales side, but kind of together we noticed uh, me selling beer and him making the beer. There was kind of a gap between people's understanding and knowledge of brewing and the ingredients that go into it. 100%. And, that's yeah. why we're here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 
we kind of just noticed that there was a gap there. And he kind of had always wanted to have his own spot, but was thinking like, look, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it a little differently and be able to shine a light on the brewing process and these ingredients and the brewers making the beer. Um, So we were like, what if we made it really obvious and just made it clear so people could see what's going on? Um, And that's kind of where it started. we, he did a lot of prototypes. We actually, during COVID, he designed a little, tran- like a transparent one that we could bring around with us. Um, oh, wow. So like these little tiny uh, brewing vessels and glass that we would set up. We went rock climbing one time. We went hiking one time and set it up and brewed a beer. Hikers and rock climbers came up to us and said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and we're like, we're brewing. This we're, is what beer yeah. looks like. And so that was kind of like the first kind of gauge of interest. Like, oh, people do care and they are interested. Yeah. And if we can just make it visually engaging it's sure. a really easy way to involve people in that process um, and then yeah he worked on the big brewing system um, which we now have at the brewery it's uh, about a barrel and a half the okay. system itself so how um, often do you guys brew uh we try to brew twice a week sometimes okay. just one turn depending on what we're brewing like we brewed a wild sour and we only do one turn of that sure um, but usually fridays and sundays and we do it while we're open Okay. Um, so people can come in the tap room, drink a beer, kind of see what's going on. And basically see what's so, on display. Yep. I mean, you guys are like, uh, the, you know, the, the animals at the zoo, right? You yep. get to be around. It's like in the round, though. I yep. mean, the, the brew house is in the middle and people can actually see, smell, and like look visually at what's happening. It's yep. such a neat idea. Oh, and you. the engagement of the, the folks that are there, too, it's mm-hmm. that education. Yep. Because once mm-hmm. we you know, once we start educating folks, Mm -hmm. that passion develops, Mm -hmm. uh, just like you in Germany, you know, then now you're, you're you're in the industry whether you like it or not. Yeah, exactly. Now I want to be. Yeah, and that's a really good point that you bring up, and that's what we are really excited by. Um, is just yeah, people that may not have had the chance to get an insight on the brewing process now get to see how cool it is, and yeah, now they're like, wait, this is neat. Yeah, you peel the curtain back, and they're like, wait, that's that's how you do that. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. you know that's uh, that brings me to a segment on the show called Booze Clues. Mm Because uh, you have all this knowledge of malt background. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let's try something completely outside of the box. Okay. And so I poured you this in with all of your sensory experience. <laughs> smell, okay. uh, taste, and tell the folks out there what you, uh, what you smell and what you taste inside of it. Um, oh, gosh. I, will, I mean, it, it's going to be completely probably outside of... It smells kind of like tequila to me. It, the, the, yeah. Yeah like a little woody yeah okay huh yeah um man wow that's neat yeah, so, i like that sorry no 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 <laughs> trying to process so and this aftertaste is, is different than the initial taste so that's no very it's cool. it's very very so, the, the flavor is very very different than the smell too yeah definitely Wow. So it's a uh, Novo Fogo. It's uh-huh. a cachaça mm-hmm. from Brazil, and so Brazil uh, cachaça is basically uh, fresh sugarcane juice. They mm-hmm. ferment it and then it, it's distilled mm-hmm. into this uh, alcohol. This one in particular, um, it ferments with wild yeast mm-hmm. that is naturally found in the sugarcane juice after the pressing. They distill it in a copper pot still, and then it is actually rested for a year in. Uh, stainless steel tanks. Gotcha. So the the flavors kind of get to mellow. There's some esterification reactions. Some things happen. Yeah. But uh, the way they describe it, and now that I, I say it out loud, I like green banana. Okay. Or green plantain. So you okay. get you get a little yeah. bit like citrus and other things, and then it's it's sweet. I mean, mm-hmm. it's coming from, and then there's like these citrus notes. Um, yeah, 
I really like the aftertaste of that. It is like it's fruity. Yeah, but the there, and there's there's this uh, essence of the the grass, the yeah. sugar cane, the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like puts you in a place. That's very unique. No, no, no. Yeah. It, it 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 reminds me. Oh, so it's kind of. It's the national drink of Brazil, but it's yeah. also kind of based off of this thing called rum agricoli. So in mm-hmm. French speaking, French speaking Caribbean. Now I've already been drinking. I can't. Even, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> French speaking Caribbean <laughs> countries, uh, they make something called rum agricoli, and it's mm-hmm. an agricultural based rum based off of freshly pressed cane juice as well. So okay. they tend to be, you know, more like like grassy, mm-hmm. citrusy, like the yeah. the cane juice itself, and yeah. it's just an interesting um, experience for yeah. someone who's not like. It was, I, just yeah. watching your face. Was <laughs> no, you're like, what? Wait, what? what? No, because you smelled it and you're like, okay, yeah, that's interesting. And then you taste it and you're like, no, that's those are two different things. Exactly. Yeah. And I we we've done some other uh, cachaças here at mm-hmm. the school, and this is one I bought for a class. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was so unique. Yeah, it really uh, is. And the finishes is, is is there, but it's like a little, almost like sea salt, and like mm-hmm. it finishes very, very clean. Yep, it does. Uh, it's very refreshing. It is, yeah. And I usually, honestly, don't drink liquor straight uh, up like no, this. No, and well, like, I would honestly enjoy uh, this uh, like uh, this. Yeah. <laughs> so no, this is great. Especially on a like warm day on the <laughs> yeah. hot sun, like mm-hmm. twist a lime, yeah. one ice cube, and yep. just... Uh, S- sip on it. Yeah, yeah, put your feet up and just forget about it, right? I like it. Yeah. yeah. No, this is really cool. Thank you. Uh, the yeah. national drink, which mm-hmm. would this would be based off, is a caparina. So if you, mm-hmm. you ever out, order one of those, and I think you'd really enjoy it. Okay. Because it's... So the reason it kind of reminds me of some of those like really unmalted barley like grassy notes in the field yeah. it's like this is the cane is also a grass yep. barley is also so there's yeah. there is some kind of play on that yeah, i'd be really definitely. curious to see uh, I'm, I'm glad you smelled all that stuff that's fun yeah. that's fun for me yeah definitely okay. so what else is going to be new at outsider hmm trying to think so we've been open almost nine months now so still relatively new, Super new. um but i would say Moving forward, I mean, of course, like our center of it all is um, kind of the brewing process and everything like that. Um, But we have been trying to have more community events there as well. Um, And something my partner Julian really wants to do is a crafted series. Um, So, of course, we're doing craft beer, but also doing a crafted series of uh, other things. Like he wants to make pasta and have a pasta class there with people. You had me at pasta. Um, You you don't have to. You don't even have to tell me anything else. Yep. I did not get this big eating rice cakes. I'm in for the. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so stuff like that, just highlighting the craft of other ingredients and products too, um, is something we really want to do. Um, he also really wants to do like a sourdough class. So we'll teach people how to make a sourdough starter, what goes into that, what it is, um, how you make bread. He wants to do all this baking uh he's brewer he just loves food yeah you know (laughs) yeah um (laughs) you know it's weird how that kind of goes hand in hand yep with with the folks we've met in the industry they're they're like they're these foodies that Mm -hmm. uh they're uh, you know they seek out flavor and smells and tastes and they try to like recreate some of the experiences they've had before yeah because the first time i tried this stuff Mm -hmm. it reminded me of being on a beach Mm -hmm. it just it took me to a location which i think is really neat when you start talking about Beer. I mean, there's mm-hmm. probably a beer you sip every now and again and be like, I'm over in Germany. Yeah, definitely. And, and the, yeah. it's, you know, those good yeah. times, like a yeah. smile on your face. Just brings you back. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And school and all the other things. But yeah. 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 Um, so these, uh, when, when would that start, you know? Um, the end of this month, we want to do our first one. He wants to do the pasta class. And then after that, we'll just try to do it once a month, probably like the last Wednesday of each month. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let me know what I can do to help. And thank I can't you. thank you enough for being here. Yeah, once thanks. again, tell folks how to find Outsider Brewing uh, online and how they can, you know, 
connect with you guys? Yeah. Um, so our website is outsiderbrewing.beer and then our Instagram handle is pretty easy. It's just outsiderbrewing. Um, <laughs> really, so, really cryptic yeah, there. Yeah, really, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hard to find us. Um, and really that's the main places we post. Um, and then of course we have a Facebook page as well. And so. I'm sure Instagram goes right to the Facebook page. Yes. And, yeah. Connects and so, it all. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, I actually was just given permission to start having some of those here. Okay. So right. you're going to have a craft beverage institute of the mm-hmm. Southeast. Like it's not going to be that long. I yeah. think it, I think I'm going to go under AB Tech drinks. Yeah, oh, that's good. For one. our Instagram, like that, yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> like great. the people there drink, mm-hmm. but like uh, we'll see if I can get that. Through. Yeah, yeah. I probably I should have said it. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Oops. Uh, and then we'll Don't have our own, yeah Facebook page for the the institute as well. So gotcha. hopefully Very we'll cool. connect on that as well. well and I'm going to be out at uh, Outsider very soon to yeah. uh, to sample the wares. Yeah, would love to have. Now you, that uh, sure. classes are over, I have yeah. to go do research for next yeah, semester. There you go, works out. So. Kaylee, I can't thank you enough. Thank yeah. you very much for being here, and thank, thank you for you. Danny McConnell from McConnell mm-hmm. Farms, who sponsors the podcast. Uh, thanks, Danny, for everything you've done for the program and all that you donate. Uh, once again, thank you for listening to Consuming the Craft podcast. Listen, learn, and laugh. <laughs>